Hi, and welcome to the Happy Lawyer Podcast with me, your host, Catherine Shearer. I am a mom, a wife, a dog mama, a daughter, a sister, a personal injury and medical malpractice lawyer, as well as a wellness enthusiast. I have started this podcast because I have suffered from stress and anxiety, and I seriously considered leaving law. But when I got clear on what it is that I wanted out of my career, made some big changes, I discovered that law doesn't have to be depressing, anxiety producing, or permanently high stress. And I didn't have to be another woman that left the profession. So this podcast is intended to get the conversation started and to keep it going when it comes to the issues of lawyers and mental health, attrition rates in the profession, and the advancement of women in law. Hi, Alex, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to kind of just get into it. (laughs) Me too. So why don't you start by telling um, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Perfect. So I'm an attorney. I practice law in the United States. I practice mainly sports law, corporate law. I do a lot of transactions as well. I've worked for families who own professional sports teams. I've worked for professional sports teams. I have consulted with professional athletes. And so that's about 50% of my time is practicing law. And 50% of my time is utilizing my degree in business. And I do strategic sports consulting. So I help businesses, brands, athletes, leagues, teams, build their brands and really create a better sports industry because we're plagued with a lot of issues, both um, good issues and bad issues in the sports industry. So I definitely utilize my business background and my legal background to really consult with the teams, the leagues, and the pro athletes to make the industry better. Wow. That's a really interesting profession. Not everyone can say that. (laughs) It's definitely fun. Yeah. So tell me, what was your legal journey like? Yes. So in undergrad, I thought that I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And so I took a couple years of science and pre-med classes. And then I recognized I didn't really like it too much, even though I was doing well in my classes, it just wasn't fulfilling me. And so I decided I was going to switch my major into business And so in undergrad for the last two years, I did business marketing. I dabbled in finance, accounting, management, all different sorts of areas within the business world and recognized that I wanted to be in the world of sports because I'd been an athlete since I was a child and had always had collegiate athletes, pro athletes in my family and in my friend circle and my parents' friend circle. And so I decided that I wanted to be a sports agent. And I knew that a lot of sports agents go to law school. So I decided that's what I was going to do. And then I interned in law school with a sports agent, with a couple of sports agents and decided that agency really wasn't for me. I didn't really like that part of the industry very much. There is unfortunately a lot of corruption and there's a lot of underhanded dealing. The agents that I worked for were fabulous, but I got really lucky in that sense. And so I decided, okay, instead I want to be a sports attorney. So I want to work for a family or a league or a team in-house to work within the organization. And so then I started 
doing different internships. I started trying to find a job in sport. It's kind of difficult as a young attorney to find a job anywhere, but specifically in the narrow niche of sport and entertainment. So I was hired by a family that owns some professional sports teams in the United States. And I did some work for their oil and gas properties with the potential of being able to touch sport. And so the time came and I was able to lobby the Texas legislature on behalf of uh, one of their professional sports teams foundations. And it was successful. We got what we wanted passed, which was really cool. And so that kind of started my journey as an attorney. And I haven't looked back since really. (laughs) And what's your favorite part? My favorite part about practicing law, but specifically sport law, is the fact that in the world of sport, you can bridge the gap between cultures and religions and different ethnic backgrounds by virtue of the sport. And that's really exciting for me because I'm able to help people of all backgrounds. I'm able to work with a roller derby team to create their league one day. And the next day I'm talking to a WNBA team about issues that they're facing. And then I'm talking to professional athletes about contract negotiations. So for me, I like the diversity, but I also like being able to help the industry be uplifted and also to kind of bridge that gap between different cultures and different backgrounds. So it sounds like you really, truly, and genuinely enjoy your job as a lawyer, a practicing (laughs) lawyer. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. So tell me about that. What is it um, that helps you achieve that level of satisfaction? For me, it's the fact that I don't wrap my entire identity around my title or what I do. And that's very difficult for attorneys because we're always taught that we need to really embrace that title and keep moving up the ladder and make sure that we are a partner at this time or that we're a general counsel by this date, work for this type of company, work for that type of law firm. And we're consistently comparing ourselves to some artificial ideal of what we should be. And I don't do that. Sometimes I fall prey to that. I see some of my colleagues who are getting phenomenal opportunities that they're earning, but I also have worked hard and I want to earn that opportunity as well. But for the most part, I just focus on the fact that I have a mission and it's to help women and minorities within the sports industry. And that's my mission. So every day, if I am fulfilling that, then I'm very happy with what I'm doing, whether I'm making big bucks, small bucks, no bucks, pro bono, whatever it may be. Every time that I have a conversation with someone and I'm in line with that mission, I'm genuinely happy. That's amazing. That truly is amazing. And it sounds like you've really found your your calling within law. And I think having that practice area that you really, really enjoy goes a long way. It definitely helps. And it also helps to have an outlet outside of law because most attorneys are phenomenally creative, but we're usually not able to fully flex that creative muscle when we're practicing law. So for me, I have that creative itch scratched through the books that I write, Your Potential for Everything, those books, my podcast, Your Potential for Everything. And then also with my strategic sports consulting, it's a different way to help clients that doesn't revolve around the law. 
Now I can do legal consulting through a different vein, not through your potential for everything, because that's not a legal consulting business. It's a business consulting um, strategy firm. But for me, being able to have that creative outlet to kind of utilize both sides of my brain, it's so helpful for me. Because if I get tired of doing something with a case with the law firm, then I can kind of shift gears and say, okay, what did I learn from this situation? How can I bring it to the other side of my brain? What creative solutions can I come up with? And for me, having that outlet is phenomenally important. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think that that is actually the perfect segue because my next question for you is, tell me about your potential for everything. (laughs) Perfect. Well, your potential for everything sprouted out of the pandemic. I'd been doing consulting here and there, but not in a very strategic way. And so I decided that I had some time on my hands. In March of 2020, I was let go from my job as the general counsel for a professional sports team. And so I thought, you know, I've never really had time to just sit back and relax. So what do I really want to do? Because that job, I learned so much, but it was phenomenally toxic. And I really didn't recognize how toxic it was until I was forced to step away from it. And I realized that I loved what I did, but I didn't like who I did it for. (laughs) So I wanted to create my own thing. And I was still doing consulting for a law firm. So that wasn't affected, but my foot in the door for sport I didn't really have my foot in the door except for some of the writing that I do for NFL, for the NFL, um, USA Today sports media groups, NFL wire sites. So I was like, man, I really need to let people know that their worth is not wrapped up in their title or the job that they hold or the salary that they make. So I'm going to teach people about being a Renaissance person or a multi-potentialite, someone who has a background in many different things, education in many different things, and they utilize it all to curate a life for themselves. And so I started off with a podcast to tell people that you might be a multi-potentialite. You might be someone like me that has a degree in business, but also has a legal degree, but also is a journalist, but also is a podcast host. And you can mesh all of those things together and you don't have to just be one thing when you grow up. And so that then grew into a book for each of the series that I have on the podcast from entrepreneurship to sports business to networking. And then I started doing more strategic consulting when I kind of put it out there that I was looking to take on more business clients. I had individuals and organizations coming to me and saying, you have a very unique perspective. You have very unique takes on different issues. We want to talk with you and pick your brain about what we should do in scenario X, Y, and Z. And so that's how your potential for everything sprouted. And that's how it's going now. It's fabulous to be able to do what I do and to have people reach out to me and say, I never had a word for my background. I never had a word for being interested in multiple occupations and multiple careers. And now I do. Thank you for helping me articulate what I felt since I was young. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you balance that though? How do you balance practicing law and running a business? Well, you make time for what you want to do, right? <laughs> so it's the same as how are you a mom 
And how are you an attorney? Right. Some people, I don't have children and I know you do. And we were talking about the fact that you were taking care of your, your child. And I think in my mind, like, how could she possibly have a full-time job as a mom and a full-time job as an attorney? That's impossible, but you make time for the things that you want to do. So for me, it's all about being very strategic with the time that I have and planning things ahead. So I know that every time from this time to this time, I'm going to be legal consulting. Every time from this time to this time, I'm going to be doing business consulting. Then I put in podcast appearances when I'm a host on a panel for something. And I just kind of put the puzzle pieces together into a puzzle that works for me. And so I curate my life and my work to be what I want it to be, not what society tells me it has to be. Mm -hmm. You're right. You do find the thing time for the things that you love and um, you do make it work. Yep. Sometimes it's easier than other times, but overall (laughs) it works out. Um, (laughs) Like I said in our conversation earlier today, where you know juggling a sick child, not in daycare, and working presents as a challenge. Um, but you know those are few and far between, and and overall you just you make it work. Um, but that's really really cool that you're able to essentially have two different careers. Exactly, I love being able to do what I love on every plane, and sometimes certain things take a back burner, right? Sometimes you're a hundred percent on X and you're 0% on Y or you're 55% on this. And you just kind of go about it that way. So for me, I have the ability to do the legal consulting when I want for the law firm. So I do more legal consulting on the weekend than other people might do for the law firm. I make sure that I'm up early in the morning so I can get a lot of the work that I need to do done early before a lot of the other attorneys are awake. And so I have the ability also to work remotely. So all of the jobs that I do, all the consulting that I do, all of my business is remote, which is something that I had been toying with since I started working for USA Today's sports media group in 2016. I did all of my writing and content creation for them on the NFL remotely. So I was very aware that I worked well remotely. So when the opportunity arose to do legal consulting virtually and not have to go into the firm, I hopped on that train because I knew that it would be perfect for the lifestyle I was trying to create because I love the flexibility of being able to work from Florida or Italy or Dubai or California and just work on my laptop as long as I have an internet connection. So for me, that's a big part of what makes me happy in my careers is the flexibility to be able to change my scenery, even if it's as simple as sitting on the back porch to do work or sitting in our makeshift man cave in the backyard, that really makes me phenomenally happy, which gives me the motivation to keep going when it's kind of tough to keep Mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. So it's my understanding that part of your business is helping people to build a personal brand. So how do you do that? Yes. It is vitally important in this day and age to have a personal brand, even before computers and social media and everything, people were building personal brands, right? Everybody knows Babe Ruth. He had a very particular personal brand, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. 
everyone had some sort of brand. But now, since we have the ability to craft it very strategically and we're unwittingly crafting a brand online, if you have a LinkedIn or an Instagram or a Twitter or a newsletter or you're part of an a law firm that sometimes highlights you online, you have a brand, whether you're shaping it or not, it's there. And so for me, when I work with individuals on building their personal brand, it really starts with what are your core values that at the end of the day, your personal brand is going to spring from that. Are you someone that is phenomenally empathetic and every weekend you are devoting time to a nonprofit? Are you someone who's passionate about animals? Are you someone who built an entire practice around animal rights, right? What are you doing and what are your core values? So for me, sport is a huge part of who I am because I have been around sports since I was a child and the sports industry needs to be revitalized and reformed. And there are a lot of individuals, women and minorities particularly, that have never gotten a fair share of anything. They have not gotten the opportunities that their male and non-minority counterparts have gotten. So for me, it was very important for me to build a brand around that, around that passion, around those core values. And so as you start to build that brand and you start to recognize what your voice is, what you're comfortable with doing, what you're trying to do. Some people are trying to build a brand because they are trying to build wealth for themselves and for generations to come. Other people are trying to build a brand because they just want to raise awareness or they want to have fundraising opportunities for charity. So there's a million different ways that you can go about building your personal brand, but it really starts with you and who you are and what your ethos is. That's amazing. So that's really helpful. So you kind of start by, you know, looking at what your core values are and what, I guess, what you're trying to accomplish. Where do you go from there? Then you decide if you're looking to have the brand turn into a side hustle or a straight up business. So a side hustle is something that you do on the side while you're working full time or while you have your main gig. And it can be something that is about spotlighting you and the work that you do, or it could be about finding a venue to sell this, these crafts that you create. I know an attorney out in Australia who creates really cool like plates and glasses, and that's her creative outlet, but she's actually kind of built it into more than a side hustle. She's built it into a business that her children help run. So it's a way for her to not only make some supplemental income on the side, but also to get her children into it. So you have to figure out what you want it to be, a side hustle or a straight up business. Are you going to work at it sometimes? Are you going to work at it a specific amount of time each day, each weekend, once a month? Is it going to be a product-based side hustle? Is it going to be a services-based side hustle? Why should people trust you? Like These are all the questions that you're going to start kind of asking yourself to determine, is this going to be just a passion project or is it going to be a moneymaker? And then 
you start figuring out who's my target audience. What do they want from me? What am I comfortable with creating? What type of content do I want to create? Do I want to have a podcast? Do I want to have an Instagram account? Do I want to have a Facebook community? Do I want to do in-person appearances? And so you start kind of building it out from there. Actually, I have a book on building a personal brand. It's called Side Hustles and Entrepreneurship. And it kind of walks you through how to go about building a side hustle or, or an entrepreneurship, a business. And really that's how do you build your personal brand? They're one in the same. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun because sometimes people think that their brand is one thing but then they ask their friends and family what the what they think of when they think of them and it's something completely different they thought man i think that i am really good at x and the family says well maybe you are but we always come to you for why because we think that you're this kind of person and you help us with this so asking people around you colleagues family children significant others friends whoever they may be what your strengths and weaknesses are really informs you as to what gifts that you have to give out there whether it's pro bono or whether it's via a side hustle or a business yeah mhm mm that's um, that's awesome. So you've mentioned a couple of times some books. How many books are there and what kind of topics do they cover? So right now I've written five books and they're made for working professionals. So they take anywhere from one and a half to three hours to read cover to cover. And they're essentially a deeper dive into each series of my podcast. So my podcast is your potential for everything. And I'll have four to six weeks on one topic. So it'll be networking, side hustles and entrepreneurship. I'm having one on women in the sports world. And I have one on working from home. And for each series, then I write a short one and a half to three hour cover to cover book about that topic, going more in depth than what my guests talked about, going more in depth than my solo episodes. I even have one on goal setting and strategic planning. How do you do that? I walk you through the steps of how to actually accomplish your goals, how to actually set goals, how to set goals that make sense. And so in the podcast, I have six weeks on that, but then I also wrote a book. And so it's a lot of fun to do that because it not only solidifies all the information in my head, but I also am able to summarize some of those episodes that are essentially master classes on people's lives and suggestions that they have. So once you listen to a podcast series, you can purchase the book and it's another way to learn, but a little more in depth about that topic. And there are even prompts and questions, uh, things that help you figure out what's best for you in those particular series. So what type of goals are you trying to set? I'll ask questions within the book that you answer and you kind of go through and you kind of glean through, oh, okay, this is what I'm needing to do. Okay, these are the three next steps that I need to take in order to reach this goal. So it's a lot of fun for me personally, but people who have read those books and the reviews that I've gotten, people appreciate the fact that I'm able to take complex situations and ideas and synthesize them down into bite-sized chunks. That's actually something my best friend told me I was able to do. And I had no idea because it came so naturally to me. And so she said, you should really have a podcast and a book series 
where you actually do that for people. And I thought, wait, what? That's a skill? And she said, yeah, that's not everybody can do that. So it was really kind of a cool revelation for me. And it helped inform me what other people come to me for, to break down those complex problems into easily digestible chunks. So where can people find your podcast? So they can find it on any podcasting platform. You can also go to yourpotentialforeverything.com and you can find the podcast there. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, but also on my website, yourpotentialforeverything.com. And on your website, um, yourpotentialforeverything.com, people can also find the link to purchase one or some of your books. Yes. And they can also go to amazon.com. They're available in paperback and in eBooks. Cool. That's awesome. The ebook is a nice option as well, isn't it? It is nice. Sometimes it's so much easier to be able to have just the ebook. It's more sustainable. It's better for the environment, but also it's nice because you can just kind of not have to pack something else. If you're going on a trip and you want to have a really nice read, you're on a three hour flight, then you don't have to pack a book. (laughs) You can just read it on your e-reader. And that's how I've been reading books recently. I used to not do that because I love having physical books mm-hmm. in my hand. I know me too. But ebooks are are pretty great, especially if you're traveling a lot. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today and kind of going through your journey, which is certainly not the typical journey a lawyer would take, <laughs> um, but an awesome one nonetheless. And it it does sound like you know you've really figured things out and uh, you know continue to find ways to love being a lawyer. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And every day is unique, right? I figured it out today, but maybe tomorrow I have to tweak it. Maybe next week I'll have to tweak it. Right. But it's all about being flexible and recognizing what's so important for you and what your core values are, and then curating a life and work plan that really works for you and your family. That's great. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. So that's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please rate and review the show to help others find this resource. If you have any questions about your legal career, please head over to thehappylawyer.ca and send me an email through the contact page, or you can send me a message on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to set up a virtual coffee date. You can also head over to the Happy Lawyer Facebook group to interact with your peers and get extra content on how to be a happy lawyer. See you next time.